and welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension Podcast Series. My name is Sarah Sheik, and I'm a Swine Extension Educator with the University of Minnesota. Joining me today is Melissa Wilson, who is a faculty member and Extension Specialist working with Manure Nutrient Management. To get us started today, Melissa, will you tell us about yourself and about your program? Yeah, not a problem. Um, so, as Sarah mentioned, I'm a faculty member and extension specialist. I've been here for about a year, and I mostly focus on working with manure and nutrient management. My main kind of goals are really to work with farmers to maximize their use of the resource, which is manure, while still protecting the environment. And I particularly like to focus on water quality issues. So I know you've been working on some different research. So can you share with us today what research topic that you'll be talking about as it relates to swine manure? Yeah, I actually have a lot of research going on, which is really cool. But the one that I'm really excited about right now is we are trying to use swine manure as a side dressing nutrient source in corn. Sounds interesting. So can you tell us about this project and I guess in particular, why you think it's a valuable project as it relates to Minnesota pork producers. One of the big things I like to focus on is trying to find, like I said, best ways for farmers to use manure as a resource. And one of the things I've been hearing around the state is our seasons to apply manure seem to be getting shorter. I mean, this previous fall is a really big case in point where it's just been really, really wet in the southern part of the state. So one of the things I've been looking into doing is kind of extending this window of opportunity. And one of the ways that we've thought about, and we've seen others doing this in Ohio especially, is using the manure as a side dress nutrient source. So that way um, you can get your spring stuff done, corn planted, and say for some reason you weren't able to get manure on, you could potentially side dress it. And I think that's really valuable to producers who maybe, again, are really rushed doing field operations. Maybe they couldn't get everything on in the fall, like this fall. There's some cases where I know farmers aren't going to be able to fully empty their pits, but then maybe spring ends up being crazy. So this is just another tool in the toolbox for getting manure applied to the land. Great. Sounds like a really interesting project. And like you said, yeah, there is a need as it seems like that window of opportunity isn't always the ideal length for producers and manure applicators. So can you tell us how you completed this study? It's kind of been an interesting process. What we wanted to do was test different nitrogen sources um, for side dress. So we compared liquid finishing manure to anhydrous ammonia and urea ammonia nitrate, so UAN. And then we also had strips where we had no side dress nitrogen. And let me tell you, those were very yellow this summer. Um, so what we did is we were did this on farm. We worked with a local farm producer near Lisseur and basically put large strips in the field. So we had strips where we had the cydrus manure and strips where we had the anhydrous, et cetera. And we replicated these across the field. So for the swine manure, which has been interesting, we actually decided to go all in and use a drag line. And yes, I know a lot of people think we're crazy taking a drag line into standing corn, but if you get in before the growing point comes above the soil, then the corn will fold over, but it actually pops right back up. 
And they've shown a lot of this in Ohio. You can actually see videos of where they're dragging corn um, with drag lines. So we went all in and decided to try it out. And let me tell you, it is really, really kind of freaky when you're out in the field and you're watching that drag line just pull the corn over. Um, we did have some mortalities, we'll say, areas where kind of mud got dragged up onto the corn plant that um, didn't help. A lot of it just did really pop back up, so that was kind of interesting. Um, so what we're looking at is we look at soil nitrate and all the different treatments throughout the year. And we just got harvested, what, last week? Um, and this, yesterday, while it was nice out, my crew went and got their final soil samples. So you've completed one year of this study, but now you do have multiple years that you plan to do this study. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, we plan so, to do at least two years. Okay. So are you able to share some early results, or is it a little bit too early to talk about that yet? No, actually. So I'll start with some basic results that we saw visually over the summer. Um, it was very interesting. Like I said, you could definitely see where we did not side dress any ends. Um, do know that the whole field did get 40 pounds of nitrogen applied at planting with the corn, so there was a little bit to start. But without that extra nitrogen later in the season, that the control plots are the ones that didn't receive the side dress and looked really, really poor. So you could see those airily just driving by the field. Um, one thing we noticed is you could tell where the drag line had to turn around in the field. There was definitely some kind of lighter green areas there. And there were some striping issues. Um, we think one of our, one of the like pumps, or not the pumps, one of the lines got a little clogged as we were applying the manure in a couple of the different um, strips that we did. So those were some things that we could see from the air um, and we were a little bit concerned about. But hot off the presses, I just got the yield results um, from this year. And there's definitely like the control got about 140 bushels per acre, but all of the nitrogen treatments were all very similar and they all had uh, over 200 bushels per acre, um, just over. And when we did the statistics on them, they actually were not statistically different. There was enough variability that they were all the same. So that was really surprising. We thought with those, that striping that we saw with the liquid swine manure that it wouldn't be quite as good as the other plots. And that makes me kind of wonder, you know, had we gotten a perfect application on would those plots have actually done better under commercial nitrogen sources? Um, something to look forward to kind of in future years. So very exciting. Yeah, sounds like it. So what's next for this research project? Well, a couple things. Um, that particular field is going into soybeans next year, and so we've kind of GPSed where the plots were, so we're going to just see what the impact is on the soybeans. Uh, we'll be starting a second year in corn next year where we'll um, side dress some manure and other nutrient sources into there. That way we can get two years of information. Um, and we also, we want to do some kind of small plot research where we actually just want to get a large piece of hose, fill it with water and attach it to the back of a tractor and just drag some corn. We'll do it at, you know, right after emergence at V1, V2, V3, V4, up through V6 or so when we think the growing point would start emerging from the soil. And just kind of seeing at what stages can we drag the corn and not damage it um, to get better information on that. Yeah, very interesting. Sounds like 
this project will lead you in a lot of different directions. Oh, one thing I'd like to mention is that Minnesota Park Board did support um, this research. So. All right. Yeah, that's always great to to uh, give a shout out to the sponsors of different research grants because, yeah, after all, we can't do that research without the funding of those funding sources. So that's great. So, Melissa, do you have um, any places, whether it's a website or other locations, is there a, a good place to direct folks? So we have our general kind of extension website where we have more kind of generalized practices and tips, and that's www.extension.umn.edu backslash Menorah. And we'll be putting up research reports and things like that, but that'll usually happen kind of more after things are finished. But for kind of on-the-spot results, I've been kind of posting stuff on my Twitter account. So definitely check that out. Sometimes I get some photos up, which is pretty cool. And I am at Manure Prof. So that's M-A-N-U-R-E-P-R-O-F. But we also have a Twitter account for our general University of Minnesota Manure Extension team. It's at U-M-N Manure. All right. Great. So folks can go to those areas and follow along with research that you're doing. Anything else that you'd like to add today? Well, so far it's been really great working with some of the swine producers across the state, so I've been very thankful and very lucky so far. Well, this wraps up our podcast for today. So thank you, Melissa, for sharing your research on side dressing swine manure with us. And thank you for listening to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. This has been Sarah Sheik swine extension educator, along with Melissa Wilson, extension specialist in manure nutrient management. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please visit the swine-specific webpages on the University of Minnesota Extension website at www.extension.umn.edu swine. And on those pages, you will find connections to our blog as well as our Facebook page. To learn about research being done by our swine faculty in veterinary medicine, please visit their Swine in Minnesota blog at www.umnswinenews.com.